1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's work. Less work. Come on. Less work. Come on. Let's
0: you can wish for it or you can work. work for it. You got to work for
1: greatness. Let's work. Let's work. If you ain't working, let's work. Let's work. you should be working. Come on. let's work.
0: Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This episode is brought to you by The Work Squad, which is the support group you need when you are dedicated to your dream. Our private accountability community is the perfect place for you to connect, exchange ideas, learn new tricks, and get the keys you need to crush your goals. For details on how you can join the squad, log on to WorkPraySlay.com. So today we are talking to Mimi Johnson. Mimi J is a celebrity makeup artist, serial entrepreneur, and the owner of The Glamatory here in Atlanta, Georgia. Mimi has been featured nationally by Black Enterprise, Essence, Hello Beautiful, Control Mag, and many more. And she has beat the face of your favorite boss babe. So I am super excited to have her on the show. Mimi, are you ready to confess?
2: I am. How you doing?
0: I am so good. So excited to have you and to share you with my workaholics. I know you have so much wisdom to share a lot of the conversations we've had offline i'm excited to now have them so that other people can benefit um just from the the wisdom that you had to share so i love starting off the conversation just by asking what you actually started your career doing because i always find it so interesting how our passions tend to lead us away from our profession so what did you actually start your professional career doing
2: <laughs> sure so I did the typical thing. Um, I, I went to college and got a quote unquote degree, right? Um, my initial thought was to be a fashion designer, believe it or not. And uh, I came to Clark University in the fashion program. And soon after I got to college, my mom was quickly like, hey, I think you need to get a degree where you can get a real job. <laughs> So um, I ended up getting a marketing degree. Somehow I ended up in IT, believe it or not. And I was an IT uh, consultant and I traveled a lot, Um, but I've always been artistic and I knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what that was going to be. And makeup was the thing that just happened. I would do my friend's makeup for fun. We'd go on girlfriend's trips on the weekend. Uh, I was very young when I started consulting and, you know, one trip to New York, one of my friends was like, you're really good. You should be a makeup artist. And that was really honestly the beginning of it. Um, That passion uh, turned into a lot of curiosity. And I started networking with photographers and uh, people in the wedding industry. Um, The wedding industry is really that first aha moment where I was like, oh, I don't have to work in retail per se. I can actually freelance and make money on my own. Um, So that was my start. You know, I was working my nine to five and trying to pursue um, a career in makeup.
0: Okay, so let's take a step back. First, talk about the fact that you are a proud HBCU alum.
2: And my sweetheart.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, she is. She is. Um, But I want to talk about what made you choose Clark Atlanta and why it was important for you to attend an HBCU. Because we always hear the conversation of, you know, HBCU versus a PWI and is the experience worth it? Does it matter where you get a degree from? All of those things that I, um, you know, being someone who has attended HBCU, I definitely see the value in the experience, but what made you choose Clark and choose an HBCU period?
2: To be honest, I didn't even think about not attending an HBCU. Um, I'm actually the first to graduate in my family. Um, graduate from college. So I didn't have a, the pressure from anybody. Um, it's going to sound a little typical or maybe a little crazy, but I grew up watching the Cosby show and A Different World was one of my favorite shows. And that was a glimpse for me into what an HBCU experience would look like. Um, so really, honestly, I always pictured myself going to An HBCU. And, you know, I visited Clark and fell in love with um, the people I encountered. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm sure that you can, you know, succeed at a PWI. I think the experience is always what you make it, but I would never trade my experience. I'd do it all over again.
0: Never, ever. But that just goes to show you the power of the media that we're exposed to and why it's so important for us to continue to show what's really going on, you know, at these universities and the experience that you are really um, able to have so that people can see that it's possible. So for you, it was, um, you know, a different world. For me, Drumline was really what sealed the deal. Like once I saw Drumline. I literally had my first tour of Tennessee state, like literally within a month. And you, I mean, I was so, I was so sold. I wanted to <laughs> stay right then, but it's, you know, being exposed to what that could be like, what that looks like that really gets you um, interested and excited about it. So I always like to shout out, you know, my, my HBCU. Yes. Um, and another thing, aside from just the experience, I think that you get, from HBCUs um, is the networking. So how beneficial has your network, not even necessarily from college, but just your network period, been in building your career?
2: Every single big opportunity I have ever gotten has been from someone that I knew, to be honest. You know, talent only gets you so far. Uh, I think it's really those relationships that take you to that next level um i made so many relationships that i i still have relationships going to homecoming is like a family reunion right um there were so many uh, you know clark is known for uh, our mass comm um, department so there were a lot of uh, notables in the music industry and when i decided to do makeup i was like okay um it's an overly saturated industry how can i differentiate myself let me be creative, you know, I have friends working at record labels and uh, doing listening parties. And I was like, Hey, just invite me, just invite me so I can get, you know, around other people. And uh, I got creative. I created a, a segment called beauty behind the beat. And I was interviewing women uh, within the music industry. So that was kind of my start uh, in in the music industry. So uh, I say all that to say, you know, creativity, I think Jean gene- being genuine with people and not always just having like a one-sided motive um I think is key you have to be genuine and be you know uh intentional um at the same time and there was a lot of sweat equity that I did in the beginning of my career uh where I wasn't getting paid and I saw the value in what I was doing though I was creating those relationships so I think in this kind of uh, microwave success type of vibe that's going on right now, we miss the grit and the grind of really hustling and making the right relationships, taking the time to learn our crafts and learn through experience. I think a lot of times we just want to dive in and become overnight success. Um, so that would be my advice when you're trying to network. Just be intentional and be genuine at the same time.
0: And I love that you talk about, like, uh, doing a lot of things for free that you didn't necessarily make money off of, but you still received something. It was an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I, I see the memes that say, you know, I'm, I'm not doing any favors this year. Like, I'm doing everything. You know, I'm sending these invoices. We can't do nothing until you pay this. And mm-hmm. I,
3: get, I get it.
0: But your favorites, favorites, favorites started their career doing something for free. Like all of us had to do something for free to show what we could do before people were going to be willing to pay us to do it. And so I think that that kind of gives... Um, the misconception that you could just jump out the gate, charging top dollar, working with the best of the best. And, you know, that's not necessarily how it works. Um, So for those people who may not have had the privilege of attending an HBCU, may not have a strong network, but want to branch out and, you know, start a business or dabble in entrepreneurship and know that relationships are everything, what is your best advice for um, starting those relationships and not even necessarily like meeting people my thing has always been like the follow-up I don't want to get on people's Mm -hmm. nerves I don't want to be stalking people you know saying hello when I really have nothing to say so what Mm -hmm. is your advice for uh, I guess building not necessarily meeting people but Mm -hmm. building those meaningful relationships
2: yeah I think taking an approach of finding people to grow with you you know I think a lot of times we're always looking at Who's at the top and how can I be there and how can I work with them when, for example, the best photographer in the city, he's also got interns, right? So those same interns are learning from the best. Why not align yourself with some of those interns and grow with them? So I took that approach as I grew. You know, I found, you know, fellow makeup artists that I took classes with, like, hey, you know, maybe I can pass work on to you that I can't do and vice versa. So creating that, that, you know, team of support and um, those complementary businesses, right? Um, thinking of other hairstylists that might need photos, other um, stylists and photographers that might be in school and they need photos for their portfolio. I grew that way. And it's funny because half of those people that I was working with now, they're big time. As I grew, they grew. So I think just having that open mindset of, you know, where this person's potential to be and and is it going to line up with you? Do y'all have the same common goals? I think finding people that are on the same wavelength as you um, is going to be helpful.
0: Definitely. And you you mentioned something earlier that I think is so common and and so um, something that we hear often and that's you need to get a real job or you need to do something more constructive or how are you going to make a living doing X, Y, and Z. Typically, when we're talking about like creative things, Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. mom, you know, still thought I was playing around on my computer and up until probably like a year ago, like she still doesn't (laughs) understand what it is that I'm out here doing and how I don't have a quote unquote real job. So what was it like for your your transition when you were transitioning out of that IT consulting job into doing this full time? Because I'm sure you were met with some opposition or some doubts from people who were unsure of how you could make, you know, a living or, you know, take care of yourself, support yourself with, you know, without necessarily yeah. using...
2: Yeah, I would say this, um, I had to have that realization that it doesn't mean those people don't love you. It's just that they don't understand. And quite frankly, that dream and that passion wasn't planted in them. God planted it in you. So once I could separate that in my mind, I didn't take it personally when somebody's like, you're crazy to leave a salary job to start over because I had a vision and a purpose that God put in me. Um, And I I had a young lady, you know, in tears because her friends and family didn't support her in her entrepreneurial journey from being an entrepreneur um, or an engineer into an entrepreneur. And it's the same thing. I think once I explained to her, like they're not going to understand your parents, my parents, my grandparents, they grew up in a different place where it's more on survival. They weren't thinking I can have my own and own my own because it was quite difficult then. But we're in a new space where you can. You can do all those things. And quite frankly, you can have a nine to five. You don't have to leave it. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think just thinking like a boss and how you spend and invest your money makes you a boss.
0: Very true. And one thing, um, especially in service-based industries, a lot of people get stuck behind the chair if you're a hairstylist or in front of the chair if you're a makeup artist or, you know, on the table if you're doing lashes or doing massages. And you've been able to create multiple streams of income using this same skill set the same connections the same you know like rolodex of people um you have a product line you have grind pretty the magazine studio i know you recently launched a subscription box what would you what would be your advice for someone who's like a seasoned artist or creative of any type really um that wants to kind of branch out and be able to scale their business because there's only so much that you can do you know, mm-hmm. providing services, trading your time for dollars. So what is your best advice for those service-based businesses that want to be able to
2: scale? Sure. I feel like you always have to be authentic and know what really, really works for you. So if you are a, a hairstylist that specializes in color and cut, well, maybe you make a, something that goes along that lines. Maybe you start a color line, you know, maybe you're teaching specific uh, You know, maybe you become an instructor and, and that's your thing. You know, it's just making sure that it aligns to something you organically are already doing. I think that's always a great start. Um, for me, it was, you know, I was that natural glam girl and that started showing in all of everything that I was doing. Uh, I was also always helping somebody, and specifically women, so, you know, starting Grind Pretty and, and all the, the mentorship things that I do, uh, it was organic, you know, so I think it wasn't just forcing another business on somebody, people invest in people and not businesses, so when they, they can pretty much see when something's not real, you know. Um, and, and there's a lot of fly by nights where, Hey, if it's a quick get in, get your money and get out, that's cool. But if you're looking for longevity, I would just make sure that it's true to who you are. It's very authentic. Uh, and it feels right for your brand.
0: And I think your authenticity um, has definitely been beneficial in you building relationships with some of these big brands. One thing that a lot of people aspire to do with their businesses or, you know, with their platform as an influencer, as an expert, is create these relationships with brands to you know expand their reach and their audience what would be your best advice for an expert an influencer um, or a service provider um who wants to establish relationships with brands would sure. you say your authenticity is the biggest piece
2: it definitely is it's also consistency people want to see if they're trusting you with their brand They want to make sure that you also are bringing value to them. So you need to show that, you know, I was talking to one of my blogger friends who's in fashion and she was like, you know, she takes her own photos uh, of, of, you know, brands that she wants to work with and she professionally shoots them herself. And then she pitches the photos to them like, hey, here's the, the package deal. Here's the final package. You know, I would love to work with you how much easier does that make it on that on that brand when they probably get 20 pitches a day you know so i think just making sure that you're consistent uh your branding um mission and vision is very clear uh and you know making it easy on the brand to align with you show them that hey if they're a natural hair brand this is what i do i'm a natural stylist i do natural makeup my You know, demographic is
1: millennials
2: that are natural hair as well. So, um, yeah, I think all of those things would help you to align with brands.
0: Okay, so real quick, we got to talk about this subscription box.
2: What's inside and who's it for? Yeah, so I'm going to be quite honest. Like, this Grind Pretty thing just really... (laughs) It it was one of those things that I just went with that was real and organic. And the magazine kind of happened haphazardly, I'll say. Um, but I never wanted to, like, really have this big magazine. I have too much going on. So I was like, what can I do to still produce something like that? Because I love creative directing. The photo shoots and all that, that's me all day. But um, the editor side, that's not me. <laughs> so I was like, how can I still marry you know, being able to produce the content in a way that I'm happy, but be able to elevate and still um shine the light on some amazing entrepreneurs and women in business that are doing great things. So the light bulb came off. I I know all of these brand owners and you know entrepreneurs and I was like, well why don't I just do a subscription box that is highlighting women and I'll be quite honest. I, I do have an agenda to you know, push women of color (laughs) Um, because we don't, frankly, we just don't get a lot of the funding. We don't, you know, we're in a a better space now, but even just looking at venture capitalists, like we are the lowest that that people invest in. Um, So anytime I can help another, you know, female entrepreneur of color, you know, the better. Uh, So every box, we're starting quarterly, starting small, um, but every box has at least for women entrepreneurs that I'm highlighting and uh, giving extra exposure to. So I'm really excited about the possibilities of the box.
0: I love it. And where can we find out more information? Where can we get our quarterly box?
2: Yes, you can go right to grindpretty.com. There is a a little bit of a wait list, but I'm opening it up um, in the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, go to the site and sign up and stay tuned.
0: All right. Last question, Amy. If you had to write a recipe for success, it can only include three ingredients. What would that recipe be?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say resilience. I would say faith. And I will say humbleness
0: resilience, faith, and humbleness. I love it. I have truly enjoyed this conversation, Mimi, and I know that my ladies appreciate all of the gems that you have been dropping. Please let them know where they can find you online and how they can connect with you on social media.
2: Yes, I would love that. You can connect with me. Uh, Everything is connected to Mimi J online, M-I-M-I-J online. You can find the Glamatory and Grind Pretty uh, through Mimi J.
0: This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you're willing to do the work. See you next week. What's up, guys? This week's Spotlight interview is with my girl, Brianna Queen. Not only is she a 2019 WorkPray Slay speaker, but she is also a video strategist who has built a YouTube channel to over 75,000 subscribers, and now she is making sure you have all of the tips, the tricks, and the tools to be successful so that you can do the same. Brianna, are you ready to confess? I am. All right, so let's talk about what brought you to YouTube because obviously for you to have 75,000 subscribers, you ain't new to this, you true to this. So what was that initial thing that got you onto YouTube?
3: So I graduated college and I could not find a job to save my life. Everyone would say, get this degree, you're going to find a job. And that did not happen for me. <laughs> so I decided to open up my own little small consulting firm where I helped like local companies around the area with their social media. So I had a client who had reached out and said, hey, I want to learn how to use YouTube. And at that time, I didn't know anything about YouTube besides how to watch a video. So I really only got on YouTube to learn the platform for a client. And like from doing that, I did maybe two or three videos. I had no intention of continuing it, but I did three videos on YouTube and I was getting messages and people were like, hey, will you do any more episodes, any more shows, any more videos? I really enjoyed it. So that kind of led me into the YouTube world was completely by accident.
0: I love it. And it's always interesting how, you know, I don't believe anything happens by chance. Like, obviously, um, you know, you were there for a specific reason, because it's been able to you've been able to transition from just being, you know, like the face, the personality to actually turning that into another business where you are helping people with strategy to build their own video platform. So what would you say is like one misconception about YouTube? Let me tell you how I feel about YouTube. And this is probably a misconception. Back in the day before, like, live streaming was a thing, I procrastinated like hell when it came to, like, getting on YouTube. My channel is still pretty raggedy looking because I felt like it was so much pressure to, to record these YouTube videos. Whereas live streaming, it's like, girl, you just sitting in the front seat of your car. You just do your thing. No pressure, you know, no fancy equipment. That, to me, was, like, what was holding me back um, from just starting on YouTube, but based on your clients and the people who you are, you know, in conversation with, what would you say is the biggest misconception?
3: I think with the YouTube, what differentiates between like, Facebook and Instagram is YouTube really cherishes evergreen content and YouTube will show your content years from now whereas with Instagram you have like maybe a three-day Facebook's five days with YouTube they will optimize and they will show your videos year two three years from now I had a video that was just featured on own network and it was a video from five years ago and they saw it on their feed so one common misconception people they try to use YouTube where they use Instagram and Facebook and you can't can't really use the platforms the same. The strategies are different. With YouTube, you want to create, you know, the content, how to create passive income streams. People can watch that two to three years from now. Whereas with Instagram and Facebook, you really want to create videos people can watch within that one week span.
0: I love it.
3: Shout out to OWN Network, come through.
0: And that just goes to show you, though, it's just like, you know, Lizzo, all this news about how, you know, Lizzo's got the number one song with a song that's like years old. Right. So sometimes, you know, just because you didn't get the views or the traction or the traffic that you expected right away, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a waste of your time. Um, those those old gems definitely still come in handy. Um, okay, so one thing, I know that, you know, obviously the people who attend your session at Lake are going to walk away with more than one um, lesson or one aha moment or one resource. But when they attend your session, which is obviously on slaying video within your brand, what's one thing that you can guarantee that they're gonna get?
3: they will know how to use video the right way for their business. Every great video requires certain things, a certain beginning, certain content. They will walk away knowing how to create profitable videos. Because I think it's one thing to, you know, have a channel that has subscribers and views, but if you're not making any profit from this video, is it really successful? So they'll learn how to create popular and profitable videos.
0: All right. So if they don't want to wait to connect with you at Work Lay, how can they find you online? Where can they connect with you on social media? And what are some of the services that you might be able to offer?
3: So, they can definitely check me out on my website. That's briannaqueen.com. I'm also on Instagram, Brianna Queen, YouTube, of course. I have two channels. I have a business channel called Your Biz Bestie Brianna, as well as my lifestyle channel, Brianna Queen. I'm pretty much on every single platform, and I offer video strategies. So, I really help entrepreneurs really leverage your video to automate their lead generation and increase their sales.
0: Okay, then, y'all, workplace is going down, okay? If you are trying to get your entire life, October 31st through November 3rd, right here in ATL is the only place to be. Brianna Queen, along with an amazing lineup. We have over 15 different experts in 10 different industries. I promise you, there's no place to be when you are ready to invest in yourself. See y'all there.